Today is Friday, November 3rd, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Benjamin Netanyahu praises the successes so far on the Gaza invasion as the UN insinuates Israel's guilty of war crimes. Of those top stories and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Email us, quickstartpodcast at CBN. Dot org. Joining me now on this Friday to get through the news of the Cray, Trey Goins Phillips. Billy, still on assignment working on that oh-so-top-secret project that we hope to tell you about soon. Trey, what's up? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You know, I get, all the days just always run together, but it seems like as holidays start to come up, it goes, if it's even possible, even faster. So now we're in like a beeline to Thanksgiving and Christmas and yeah, year, it's crazy. The year has flown by. I think I don't know if it's working at home or what, but it sure it does make it right. blend how all together. Are we, how and are we in November? Who knows? I have no idea how, but here <laughs> we are. And Trey, I know you have uh, something coming up on the Focus Store here, near and dear to my heart. Look it into some interesting homeschooling trends. Yeah, I mean, this is like your absolute favorite topic, but yeah. um, we're <laughs> homeschooling. Is, so yeah. Yeah, I was going to say homeschooling is great. I know so many Christian families, even conservative families who homeschool their kids uh, and the trend is growing and not even with just conservatives anymore. It's expanding in some interesting places. Yeah, certainly interesting trend indeed. And it's it's been exponential in recent years. COVID only added fuel to that fire, but there are more mitigating factors now. We'll get into all that coming up. Also on the main thing, Gary Lane talked to a survivor of Mao's China who has a very stern warning for the United States. We'll get to all of that on today's podcast and more. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu sent out a message to his soldiers in the wake of the continued war between Israel and Hamas. He said, we have very impressive successes. We are already on the outskirts of Gaza City. We are advancing. I want to make one thing clear. Nothing will stop us. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden announced that so far, 74 U.S. citizens and family members have left Gaza into Egypt. John Kirby echoed the president's numbers, confirming it. Meanwhile, Gaza's hospitals are saying they're struggling to treat patients as fuel and other criticals, uh, critical supplies dwindle. The New York Times, though, says that Hamas has spent years stockpiling fuel, food, and medicine, as well as ammo and weapons in their miles of tunnels that they have under Gaza, but they're not making their way to the people in need right now. Meanwhile, the UN is trying to insinuate that Israel is guilty of war crimes after bombings that impacted a refugee camp, but they neglected to mention Hamas's complicity in these deaths for A, mixing in among civilians, and B, refusing to let civilians evacuate. And the Texas Rangers are World Series champions for the first time in their 63-year history. The Rangers are the only MLB team to not recognize Pride Month or host an LGBT event. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. Trey, coincidence on the uh, Rangers winning the World Series here. It's interesting that I didn't realize that, that they're the only ones. The the Astros had held out until 2021, and then they hosted their Pride Night. The one team not bending to the LGBT mob is now standing on top of the baseball world. Yeah, I, like, I think that's 
Okay, one, full admission. Uh, everybody knows if you listen to this podcast for any length of time, I am not a sports guy right. at all. Uh, in fact, I didn't even know until this morning. I forgot that the World Series was well, something that happened. You're not, so alone. I- you're not alone because this one actually was pretty low rated. And I think, I mean, it's just because both of those teams didn't have great years. They were terrible a couple yeah. years ago. Quick turnaround. So you're not alone on that. But I digress. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the fact that this is something that so many even non-sports people are paying attention to because of the political stuff and the social stuff, uh, really all of these self-inflicted wounds that that so many teams spanning the MLB, the NBA, the NFL, by dipping into politics and taking these ridiculous stands on issues, I think uh, is has has brought in another element that really there's why is it there right there's no reason for it to be right. there sports should be an escape you should be able to watch sports and it's something that's apolitical we can all come together and enjoy but now we've added this other layer that people have to pay attention to and i understand why people choose to not watch and not engage i yeah. remember a few years ago i had family members who said you know what i'm just i'm not going to watch the nfl stuff because they're just yeah. so fed up with all of the political posturing and i heard the same things with the uh, with baseball this season so yeah. i Congratulations for the one team that kind of decided to not really dive into all that stuff uh, to come out successful. Yeah, it's just it's just not needed. And the pressure there, it's so fake. It's so phony that all these people have these nights. They don't really care about this stuff. I mean, you're just trying to do something. It's pandering. Yeah, it's pandering to appease the mob. And look, the NFL, it was the same way. Um, People were. Uh, that I know were like vowing never to watch it again because it was so anti-American. You know, it's crazy. Now you are a singer, Trey. I don't know if you remember the Whitney Houston national anthem, which it was in the early two thousands. I forget exactly which year it might've been the nine 11 year. And so they, it makes the rounds every now and then her singing this. It is. Yeah. Have you seen it? Are you familiar with this one? Oh Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. And I watched it, just somebody posted it because Flava Flav, who's a rapper, did a horrible <laughs> rendition of of the uh, National Anthem at a recent NBA game, and so people were making fun of it. And then somebody put in the comments the Whitney one, and I watched that thing, and it was just flags everywhere, and she's just nailing it. And, man, you just felt like you were ready. And then there was the flyover, the five-jet formation right over the – at the end of the song, right on time. It just made you proud to be an American. And it's it's honestly a disgrace that that the country has gotten to this point now where all we do is bash America. And yeah. and I think we're actually we're seeing maybe a little bit because they don't quite do that anymore. Nobody's kneeling for the anthem anymore that I know of, maybe a few, but it it's it's not something they focus on now. I think they realize that this is terrible. Why do we look? Our country's not perfect. We get it, right? I, I get it. There's horrible things that happen in our country, but our country's still awesome. Like, let's stop it. Let's stop it with yeah. the nonsense. The country's good. Bad things happen within it, but it's getting better. The ideals of it are great. And so, anyway, I bring that up just to say it was nice to feel good about America again watching a clip. So, if you want to do that, 
go ahead and watch Whitney Houston singing the national anthem. Well, I, I think another piece of that, that when I've seen that making the rounds and circulating on social media every once in a while, like Whitney Houston singing the anthem, is it's like a bygone era. Like yeah. I look back and, and seeing not only all the flags and everything, but we see Whitney Houston and she was just, I mean, like a powerhouse of a vocalist. She was kind of like America's like, oh, we're the, the best of the best yeah. uh, vocalist and everybody loved her. I don't care if you're a white, you're a black, you're conservative, liberal, everybody's like Whitney Houston is kind of like the standard bearer for a great singer. And that was what we celebrated, right? That she was an American and a fantastic vocalist. But now it's whatever minority you are, if you're a minority, whatever your sexual identity is, those are the things that we highlight. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, what an insult to this person. If they're actually a really vocal, uh, vocally talented person, let's just celebrate them celebrate for that. Yep. We don't need to celebrate them because of the color of their skin or the orientation, yeah. sexual orientation. Yeah. But that's what we do now, that's which I do. think is so divisive. And that's what's what's caused a lot of the erosion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, life isn't this hard, guys. It's just like the good <laughs> stuff, hate the bad stuff. We don't need to overthink right. it. But I think people are overthinking it. Thanks a lot, social media. <laughs> for poisoning so many minds and making us have grievances over the most ridiculous of things. So, but uh, I'm not, I want to not try to go over time like we did last time, Trey. I'm going to keep it on <laughs> schedule. So we're going to move along here now to the focus story. And there's a new study that has some interesting new data on homeschooling. What's going on? Yeah. So this is actually, this is a good news story, uh, which, well, Good news, I guess, if you like homeschooling. Right. Um, so uh, in the wake of the COVID pandemic, obviously, CBN, we've covered this a lot. Homeschooling kind of blew up really out of necessity in 2020 because that was the option, really. If, if you were not going to go do the virtual public school thing, uh, which there were plenty of complaints about at the time, the only real alternative, since most schools were closed, private or otherwise, uh, was to do some form of homeschooling. Uh, so it blew up then. But a lot of analysts at the time figured, okay, well, it's going to level back out. It's going to go to pre-pandemic numbers after all of the dust settles and we kind of go back to normal well 2021 came and went 2022 2023 now uh, and it's continued to grow the trajectory hasn't changed there's only two states where it's gone back to normal uh, to, to pre-pandemic homeschooling numbers and that's maryland and georgia interestingly mm. uh, but every other state that the washington post analyzed in a new study of about 7,000 school districts across the country spanning 32 states and washington dc found that homeschooling is actually just consistently on the rise everywhere, uh, which I think is is fascinating. The the states that they looked at represents about 60%, a little bit more than 60% of all school-aged children across the United States. Uh, so it's not 100% comprehensive, but it certainly is giving us a, a really good look into what's happening. So the fact that homeschooling is continuing to grow, uh, I think is indicative of some problems with our school system uh, that families are saying, look, I would rather make whatever sacrifices are necessary to keep my kids at home learning rather than send them back to the public schools they were at, uh, especially given all, all of the sexualized content uh, that they're, they're being exposed to or the racialized content, whatever. Uh, there are a multitude of reasons, uh, but to see homeschooling growing, I think is a really fascinating trend yeah and it's also growing in some really kind of unexpected places where which one's the most surprising 
So, yeah, I, I was reading through the numbers, and when I actually first read the headline on the Washington Post study, I thought that there's got to be some catch here. This can't actually be accurate. But New York City, which is uh, kind of, you know, a, a bulwark of progressive leftism, uh, they are actually experiencing the fastest growing homeschooling population in the country right now. Uh, so the number of children being homeschooled in New York has more than du- this is the state has more than doubled since 2017. And then in New York City in particular, 24 of the city's 33 school districts have seen the number of homeschoolers increase by 200 percent over the last six years. And then in Brooklyn and the Bronx in particular, uh, some of those districts have exceeded 300 percent growth in the number of kids being homeschooled. So mm-hmm. that to me is completely fascinating. And I was reading, you can uh, check out the story on uh, cbnnewsfaithwire.com. We have links to the full Washington Post study there as well. Uh, There's some anecdotal stories of people who are conservative, people who are white, people who are black, people who are liberal. Uh, I mean, spanning the, all the demographics really. I mean, New York City is a super diverse area and it's people of all these different uh, walks of life, all choosing to homeschool their kids for different reasons, but a lot of them because they're fed up with the public school systems. Yeah. And looking in New York, a lot of people end up trying to go private school because they're not big fans of the public school system. And that's just the prices are absolutely insane. And you're talking 40 yeah. grand a year, if not more, for different private schools in the area, not even like the higher, higher tier. I mean, that's just what it costs to do it in New York City. And so for people to be able to do that, especially now as costs are skyrocketing on everything. It's probably just untenable. So that's another factor that's taking place. So what are the other trends showing where this might all be headed? Yeah, I don't get the impression that this is going to slow down at all. There was another survey actually that was published uh, in spring of this year is in April uh, that found that younger parents in the U.S. are also increasingly interested in choosing homeschooling for their children rather than sending their kids to public or even private schools. Uh, It was conducted, the survey was conducted by a company called Age of Learning. They found that seven in 10 moms and dads under the age of 26 years old said that they would prefer to homeschool their kids to, quote, provide them with a safer environment and to protect them from toxic socialization that comes from their peers, as well as from uh, a lot of administrators and educators themselves, which is fascinating because we generally see Gen Z as a pretty progressive left-leaning demographic, Uh, but they're actually interested in saying, look, I don't want the government or the public school system taking control of educating my kids because they haven't really done that great of a job of creating a healthy atmosphere. I would rather do it myself. Uh, And then this quote, I think, from the study's authors is really interesting. It said, many families who never would have considered homeschooling have looked into it because of the COVID-19 pandemic. As a result, many who felt they couldn't balance a job with being a a home educator, discovered that that not only was doable, but it was preferable for the flexibility and increased time spent with their children. So yeah, there are benefits other than being able to teach your kids the way you want to. You also get to spend more time with your spouse, your husband, your wife, and with your children, which they're seeing is actually not a bad thing. Yeah. And look, as someone I, you know, we homeschool, the Andros family does. And look, it's very difficult at times. I have four kids and My oldest now just graduated high school and the uh, three boys are now at various stages and it it can be tough at times. You know, you have crazy days and kids don't want to do work or whatever the case might be. So it is a challenge. But at the same time, those blessings you talk about, 
you as a parent are getting to directly influence and raise your child. And with all these outside social influences, I mean, there are so many things that are pulling at your child and competing worldviews that are trying to suck them in and get them alongside and and look, all of us who have gone up through public schools and private schools, it's it's difficult when the peers are the ones that primarily get to do that. Or these teachers at some public schools, you may not agree with anything they're saying, and they're becoming more increasingly likely to kind of push their worldview on the students, not just teach them X's and O's and ABC's and one, two, threes, right? So there's a lot of factors at play there. And it is interesting that because some were forced into it now, they're saying, well, here is a version of this that we we can do it. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, a lot of parents are discovering, I mean, even stuff that I don't have kids, but I've learned uh, over the years. I remember what homeschooling looked like for most of the people I knew who homeschooled family members and friends when we were growing up. But now as adults, there's even more opportunities. Homeschooling doesn't look like you might imagine it. It's just not one kid, mom and dad sitting at home or mom, whatever, uh, sitting at home and teaching. There are so many opportunities. There are co-ops, there are trips, there are communities that you can get associated with. And there are all these different kinds of curricula that are available. So yeah, I think homeschooling has come a long way. And parents are also discovering not only that they like the freedom and flexibility of homeschooling, but there's a ton of opportunities to do some really cool things with your kids. Yeah. Uh, if if you have the the time and the, the resources uh, to invest in that. So yeah, I think it's a great option for a lot of families. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting stuff for sure. And uh, appreciate bringing that one to the podcast today, Trey. And of course, we'll keep you updated if we see more uh, information on that trend will we'll certainly be on it on faithware.com cbnnews.com all right we're gonna head over to the main thing now and we've seen social unrest here at home several times now after george floyd and there were other instances of rioting and that kind of movement sweeping across the nation are we gonna see even new levels of that happening in america we're seeing mobs constantly going into targets and stores and just feeling like they can rob them at will well one chinese immigrant is warning americans that yes that is coming she van fleet is author of the book mao's america a survivor's warning gary lane caught up with her for today's main thing If you think pro-Hamas anti-Israel rallies are only protesters demonstrating support for Palestinian rights, you may want to think again. More may be afoot than opposition to the Gaza war. Well, joining us to explain is C. Van Fleet, author of the new book, Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. See, you know Mao's communist tactics, strategies, and formulas quite well, and you lived under them. You believe his fingerprints are all over the American Cultural Revolution, so How about these pro-Hamas, anti-Semitic protests we're seeing on U.S. college campuses? Well, I think if you pay close attention, they are the same people who uh, are pro-BMM, and they are the same people who went out and uh, uh, celebrate uh, uh, transgender ideology, and now they are uh, pro-terrorism. What's the underlying... um, ideology that tied all this together, that is Marxist ideology based on oppressors and oppressed, which was what we were taught when I was in China during the Cultural Revolution. 
And so the world is divided into two, always good and the bad. The good ones are the oppressed. The bad ones are the oppressors. And who decides who is oppressor and who is oppressed? The government, the party. So that is an easy way for young people to uh, just make decisions. They don't even have to do any thinking. Anything that we do to the oppressor are justified. And that include uh, killing and raping and kidnapping and uh, um, torturing. That's exactly what happened during the Cultural Revolution when the kids turned against the teachers because the teachers, according to the party, were the bad guys. Uh, those people who identify as transgender, they are really the victim. They're the good guys. So if you see this, it is the same thing, even though look like they are uh, having um, protesting against different things. It's the same thing. It's the same cause. But I will tell Americans, the real, real, the ultimate oppressor thereafter is the United States. So that's the real, their real goal. Their real goal is dismantle and overthrow America. People have grown tired of the word woke and wokeism to describe this uh, cultural influence in America. But in the chapter called Two Cultural Revolutions, you write that the Chinese word for woke is Jue Wu. Tell us what that means, why woke is significant. Yeah, woke is not something natural. You ha it has to be taught. And you have this consciousness, this really means consciousness. You, it has to be uh, cultivated and raised. And it's a raise your consciousness. That's what, uh, that's what we're taught um, in, in, during the Cultural Revolution. Everybody, not just school kids. So you get the right... Uh, thoughts and you take the right action when you completely immersed into this ideology which is Marxist. You contend the tragic death of George Floyd was exploited by BLM whose founders were admitted Marxists. You write the death of Floyd was their Vietnam War. If there had been no George Floyd they would have invented one. Explain. And you know what? They are looking for the next one. Getting ready for 2024 they will find another one. Because their goal, their goal is to really, really dismantle United States of America. To them, that is capitalism. That is really the ultimate oppressor. And you believe the overturning of Roe versus Wade is the new Vietnam War for progressives. Already, it seems to be a big issue in the upcoming elections. Yeah. You believe it's more about uh, their desire yes. to protect women's reproductive rights or what? Is abortion being used to advance this leftist agenda? It's any cause, any cause, and that they can use to mobilize and make to mobilize the masses. In, in that, that's uh, uh, mouse words, and to make them angry and any cause. And uh, right now. Right now, it's abortion. And uh, so uh, to them, to the uh, Democrats, that's number one issue. But wait, wait until 2024. They're going to find another um, a Floyd. They're going to absolutely do another uh, um, big scale protest and uh, um, demonstration. And I, I just think that is inevitable. We're going to see that happen because they're looking for 
they're looking for opportunities. They never cease to look for opportunities, any excuses they can find. We saw the Canadian government and some state governments here in the U.S., like California, shut down churches during the pandemic. And many Christians complained they felt like they were in China because this is what the communists do to unregistered churches there. So how likely do you think it is that we may see more anti-Christian actions in the days ahead? And why Christians? Yeah, because uh, Christianity is the real threat to Marxism. The only thing I, as my, uh, as my understanding goes, the real, real threat to communism and Marxism is Christianity. That's why they think or they regard Christianity their number one enemy. They, they, the reason they could do all this indoctrination is because they have been undermining Christianity for decades. And now, not only that, Christianity has been weakened. Many, many young people do not go to church. They do not believe in anything. But at the same time, so many churches have been infiltrated. They become woke churches. You go around, you will see that so many churches has pro-BMM uh, and uh, pro transgender ideology, and now probably pro-Hamas flags or sign outside the church. The church has been compromised. That is the goal. When you take a religion away and people do not have their moral campus, and that's why they go by the ideology of Marxism, called oppressors versus oppressed. Okay, the book is Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. C. Van Fleet, thank you for sharing your time and insights. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks, uh, Gary Lane from CBN for that interview there. I mean, Trey, it's, it's just always stunning to hear that sort of thing from someone who escaped out of communist regimes. Yeah, well, I was just listening to somebody who talked about uh, this Israel-Hamas situation. She was saying only people who haven't lived in socialism and haven't lived under these kind of restrictive regimes support a terrorist organization. Yeah. Otherwise, you never, ever would. Nope. So important to hear these stories. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks, Gary. That's going to leave us with time on the pod for one last thing. We're going to look at James 4, 7. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That is uh, sometimes easier said than done, but I think a really good poignant reminder to us. Yeah, a great spot to leave it as we head into the weekend on this Friday edition of the Quick Start Podcast. As always, we are so thankful that you are here with us each and every weekday morning, bright and early, as we get up to get through the news of the cray. Don't forget to get on over to CBNnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise on us, we shall return on Monday. God bless. Have a great weekend.